that's really the thing with leadership is it's leading by example. It's saying how it's going to be done, how things are going to go. You're pretty young. The company is taken off. What do you think really did it? Dude? Me and then also my team, the company, we lean so hard into customer satisfaction. When you have a 1099 employee, can you tell them that they have to be at the office at 8 a.m. to have a sales meeting? Technically, you can't. Hey, how's it going? It's Tim Brown, and this is the Hook Butter Leads Podcast, and today I have Robin Shear of Trust Roofing on. How you doing, sir? Hey, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on, Tim. I really appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. We're talking about developing roofing team culture. I don't know if this has traditionally been something that uh, people, it was, it was not a hot topic maybe back in the day uh, in roofing. I think roofing, you know, because... So you also have the crews and, the, and then salespeople kind of separated out there. Sometimes it's not that cohesive of team yeah. stuff because we're kind of out of the office a lot of yeah. times. And so there's a little bit of disjointedness there. So that's one of the issues that the, the industry has. Yeah. Um, can you, can I get a little bit of background with you though? Uh, and trust roofing, where are you guys at and where have you come from? Yeah. Um, so Trust Roofing, we're a company in the greater Tampa Bay area. So that's like where we service and everything. Um, we're a decent sized company. Uh, one thing that separates us is we're very, very processed out, like in-house process of everything. So from the sales reps, their W-2'd, the crews, 90%, 95% of the labor is W-2'd. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah. Like huge W-2 labor force on residential and on commercial. Um, just down to everything, my permitting person, my person in production coordination, just everything. I try to process it out in-house. That's one thing that separates ourselves. So we're a decent-sized company, decent-sized team in the Tampa Bay market. Um, we haven't always been that way in any way, shape, or form. I started roofing when I was 15 years old. That's what I come from. Physical on the roof, doing commercial installs, shingle installs. Did that for like eight years. So I did that for a long time. Um we moved over here to Florida and I started this company with my mom and dad we, over there. That was my dad's company in the LA area. So we started this company. It was three and a half years ago. Now started at small ball, just me doing each roof, selling each job, did that for a while. Um, I set out to scale this company, um, in May of 2022. So a little less than a year and a half ago, that's when I made the name trust roofing and decided to set out on scaling this and everything. So that's kind of where we come from. That's more or less where we are now. Can you give the audience any indication of where revenue is or where are people or something so they can get us? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like I said, we have 75 W2 employees. It's a big team. Um, we should hit about 18 million in revenue this year. Okay. Awesome. So let's talk about some ways that we stoke culture. How do you stoke culture as a roofing company? Like I said, most companies don't have W-2 everything, right? Like there's a yeah. lot of lot of uh, 1099 stuff. So Yeah, absolutely. Do you think you could still stoke culture with 1099 culture? Uh, um, it, I, I mean, I think it'd be more challenging. It'd definitely be more challenging. You can and companies do it, of course. You know what I mean? I think it would be more challenging. I think when they're W-2, they work for you. That's who they work for. And that's kind of the way it is. And it's a little bit easier to stoke that culture, I'd say. Cause you're not, you're not, I mean, like, I don't want to belabor the point on the W2 versus 1099 thing, but like when you have a 1099 employee, can you tell them that they have to be at the office at 8am to have a sales meeting? 
technically you can't. <laughs> That's crazy. A lot of companies break that rule, but yeah, technically yeah. you can't, right? And can they drive like company wrap vehicle? It's owned by the company. Technically, yeah, you know, so there's some tough things there. Yeah, and I'm not like saying like I'm not I don't know, you know, that there's like whatever 70,000 IRS agents getting trained and some of them were tra- getting trained with guns. I don't know <laughs> why. <laughs> did you see that recently? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like I a did. guy that got shot and he was like a an IRS agent. I'm like, "Why are the IRS guys training with guns?" Yeah. Jesus. One thing, one thing I look at when I was scaling or deciding to scale this thing too is like just trying to think in the longest term ways possible. And I'm like, if I try to just 1099 everything, which I used to, I mean, that's kind of when we really started this thing, it was a lot more of that 1099, yeah. but I looked at it and I was like, that's just not going to be a stable way to go. And the main problem you run into culturally, I find is your crews, because that's the main place that a lot of companies 1099 everything out. But I have crews who've worked for me for, you know, a year and a half since I very first started this. They've worked for me the entire time. I've had trust roofing and they've been wearing the shirts. They've been doing the thing and they pull a trust roofing wrap trailer to the job sites. And like when there's that kind of consistency in that history, uh, it's a little bit different when there's a slip up on the job. And now you have an opportunity to kind of train that person or um, coach them or help work with them, et cetera. It's like you're not just some guy they've done three roofs for or they're here for. No, like you've worked with them for a year and a half. So. Put, you know, in a year and a half of that constant, like, no, this is how we want to do things. This is the trust roofing way. This is how we want to do that. We don't want that to look like that in the driveway, you know, over and over again, repetition kind of gets it there. Um, it's hard to do that if you've just had a crew for like a few weeks to build that stable thing that you want. Robin, can I have you, uh, we're just going to cut right here. Can I have you um, center yourself in the frame a little bit? I just, yeah. I know that we're going to, like uh, vertically, like right so like vertically, like yeah, okay. and just, yeah, yeah. The a problem bit is higher. my headphones are a little short on that. So okay, sorry. I think you're good right there. Basically, I was uh, the reason is because we're gonna cut it into reels and TikTok shit. Sure, so. sure. Um, well, on that front, I would say I look up to you, and I want to be like you. I mean, like if I was a roofing company owner, because a lot. I mean, eighteen million with ten ninety nine versus eighteen million with W2. It's like a different game. Like that's like, yeah. you guys are big then. That's like a different amount of, and 18 million is big no matter what, but. Sure. So yeah, controlling that process yeah. for sure is a, is a whole new challenge. I, for me, I come from the labor though. That's what I love. I love roofing. And I mean, I don't know. That's just what I love. I love that process, dealing with the homeowner, doing the job, prepping it, cleaning it, you know, boom. So that's where I come from. Maybe that is why I end up with W2 crews. That's the part I really want to control and work with my teams, my guys, my foremans. Um, I love, dude, I'm not, I don't want to even speak on it negatively because I like, I like these companies that have outside crews, but I will say I couldn't, I think I would, I get why I would, I would cringe if the, like I couldn't control every aspect of the quality, you know, like at least having, some, I don't know. I think I would need, I would want to have some crews like that were in house in a way to like know how everything was done and perfectly and then like maybe scale it out to some outside crews. I don't know. That would be and like, just, at least it gives you, it gives you so much control. I mean, if a client calls me right now and they've got X problem, whatever happened, maybe there's a warranty callback, maybe whatever it is. Maybe I have a job where I need to throw extra manpower at it. It has to be done by this day or else, right? Something like this. When you have a labor force, a huge W-2 labor force of roofers, you say, okay, your crew, you're going to go work with them. You're both going to do it. Or, hey, there's this callback. You need to go and take care of it. I mean, 
I've heard of stories of other roofing companies in the area. There's like a callback and it's like three weeks in and the company's still not getting out there. And I hear that and I'm like, I kind of think, okay, one of the reasons that happens, you don't have enough controlled labor force in-house because if I have a callback or a problem, I just move it up in the priority and I get a technician out right away. I mean, I have, I have on top of the crews, I have right now we have four repair technicians. So that's all they do all day long is they do maintenance, they do callbacks, they do all that kind of stuff. Powerful. Powerful. And no matter what, I think I think people should have those guys at least or one of those. At least guys, the right? maintenance guys yeah. I would definitely always try to get yeah. in the house for Because sure. I mean, you think nothing's gonna go wrong with your installs for the rest of you know, yeah. there's always and, something. And what companies do is they have a really good project manager, right? If you have a really good project manager and you have a ten ninety nine crew, you can still control it to that degree. So yeah. that, that is you know, one thing to be now, said. Now, are you just a fancy Californian bringing your California culture over to Florida? Because I will say, like, I have a few roofer friends in California that, like, they really do not believe, like, the 1099 thing, they, like, will, like, kind of make fun of it. You know what I mean? Because it's kind of required yeah. over in California, right? Yeah. But, like, then, like, you, it's you guys, and, like, I, I just know, of, like, Eustace is like that. Eustace yep. Roofing has all in-house labor and, yeah. and uh, W-2 salespeople, so. Yeah, they were like, an inspiration. I mean, I watched videos of their company before I scaled this one. I saw the way, you know, they did. I was like, that's the way I would like to do it, you know. Mm -hmm. um, if you truly believe in what you're doing and you want to be the best version of yourself and you want to build a great organization, there's no other place to do that besides the Roofing Academy. You bring up a good point in California though, because yeah, like over there, you have to pretty much do it that way. So that's how my dad did it. Um, he had one crew for the longest time, this guy Orlando, who still works for him to this day. He's worked for him for like, I don't know, eight years. Um, but anyway, he had that crew and then I kind of started a second crew for him and then I ended up formatting a second crew and that's what I did. I was a commercial foreman and I put together my team. I had four or five guys and that's kind of how I was used to operating it. So when I came over here, I never thought of subcontracting. Like it didn't even occur to me when I very first started. I just started here. I grabbed some labor force. I can grab my nephew, you know, whatever. And we put together a team. We started doing roofs. I love it. Okay. So let's talk about some of these other things to stoke culture. We, yeah. uh, I know you mentioned name, uh, your policies, and basically your your value systems. Sure. So talk yeah, so, to me about how those things affect it. Yeah, we, with with us, like when I started when I started this and everything, I tried to do everything based off of the name. So I trust roofing. I decided, okay, good. I'm going to try to build everything off of that name. Just because our name is trust roofing doesn't mean we're perfect by any means. Doesn't mean there's like nothing that ever goes wrong, right? But what it means is it means that that's our goal. Our goal is to be a trustworthy company who you can give a contract to, and you're not worried about the labor we're choosing, the materials we're using, um, and the overall process. So. You know, we're not perfect, but that's what we're aiming for, right? So that's kind of the the starting point is the name and the brand and like, boom. And if anything goes wrong, it's like, okay, we're trust roofing. We don't do it that way. Just as an overall point. Um, but yeah, that is something that I do every time I'm going to like onboard a new position or um, whatever. I'm writing up policies. I'm writing up, okay, good. This is how trust roofing does that. This is how a, tr a salesperson does that. When you're um, saying policies, we're talking about like standard operating procedures, just yeah. another way that people say this or what else do people call yeah, this? Yeah, SOP, like, standard operating procedures, procedures, policies, that type of thing. Yeah, just putting it in writing. Like this is what your role is, right? So, you know, and that's that's something that I started to do a lot more of recently. And I find it super helpful because you can get everybody on the same page. Like I was having over and over again issues with my project manager over and over again. 
and I was just kind of hitting my head against the wall. And I kept telling him the same thing verbally over and over again. And I realized that it's more powerful if you put that in writing. It's just is so much more powerful. So I just sat down, took a minute, put together in writing, just what are the responsibilities of a project manager? Really listed them out, gave them tips and advice that I've learned over, over the years. You know, they're simple things and just put it out there. And then now, now whenever there's something that goes wrong, I can now just point to that and say, hey, that's what went wrong. It's right there in writing. That's what we need to work on. And it makes it a little bit more real rather than just, oh, I say it's that way. No, that's how that's how it is, you know. So you talk about filtering for value systems and like a team player mindset. How do you do that in interviews? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's challenging for sure. It's hard because people lie. People lie in it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's true. It's it's honestly less about what's said and more of a I don't know. It sounds kind of silly, but a feeling thing. Sometimes you get a feeling. I'm still wrong plenty of times, right? I end up and I'm like, okay, I don't know if I was totally right here, right? Um, and, and whatever. But one thing on that is one thing I found success with is within my team, existing team. If I find someone who really fits in with the culture and is just awesome, they'll have a friend, right? Like one of my first sales reps here. Uh, his fiance was in the mortgage industry and the mortgage industry wasn't as good, right? Cause the interest rates and all this, and she was looking for something new. Um, so I interviewed her and now, you know, fast forward a year later, she's been with us. She's our top sales rep. I mean, she's an absolute maniac. She's like selling $600,000 commercial jobs. Like I just signed this condo and I'm like, great. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like she, yeah. it just embodies the culture though. Right. So that's an example. She came from someone else. That's most of my hires. Ooh, I, I had an existing. Yeah, I had an existing hire, and then it's within their friend group or whatever, um, someone who I know personally, like whatever. That's most of my hires. Very rarely is it like I'm on Indeed posting sometimes that for the roofers. Even the roofers, though, it's usually one of the roofers knows a guy. Okay, great. Like if tomorrow I need more repair techs, the first thing I would do, go into my production WhatsApp channel and just ask all the roofers, hey, I need a new repair tech. Does anybody know anyone who's looking? Um, and filter it out that way. I love it that you have a uh, production WhatsApp. Oh yeah. Channel. Like all the crew is just like are in there how much more power you have as a, the owner who controls the labor. Yeah, no, exactly. It's awesome because literally I on my phone, I mean, obviously I'm not on my phone right now, but at any time I can open that up and go through and I'll see like what's going on throughout the day. Like, okay, this yep. guy needed this, this happened here, like whatever. So we have channels like that where you can keep an eye on everything. But that way the crews actually feel like they're a part of the team. It's not just the sales guys and the owner and the billing staff or whatever yeah it's you know the yeah when i had um the guy from eustace on what's that dude's name jason jason you uh from eustace he was saying like then they come together like when they're breaking bread when they're when you get company party yeah and the labor guy is talking to the salesperson and they're saying when you know you have to when you know you have to face them at the company parties and get-togethers, maybe you're not going to sell the same thing. Maybe you're going to be right. a little bit more accurate, or you know what I mean, like right. basically, like right, right, be, right, right. It's a like, good point. Yeah, yeah. I thought yeah, that was good really point. good. Yeah, no, because the sales reps know who it is who's going on the roof. It actually gives the sales rep the ability, like my sales reps, when they're pitching in the house, they will pitch like a specific crew. They'll say, "I, our crew, Armando, he is the absolute best for this kind of thing." For this oh, reason, wow. this reason, and this reason. Okay, he knows this type. Like, we'll pitch for a specific crew because we know their strengths and weaknesses. 
Wow, that is that is actually incredible. I bet you that the crews love that. <laughs> oh yeah, and and you know you, they can flip to the photo and actually show, hey, this is this guy. And I've even had it where you know they'll like tag the foreman in the sales call and they get him on FaceTime, and the foreman will talk to the homeowner for a second. How powerful is that, right? Like you're actually yeah. talking to the foreman you're going to get and going over that with them rather than just always just talking to the sales guy, not really knowing what's on that other end. I love that. And I asked you this beforehand and I feel a little rude asking it, but uh, how do you get the respect of people older than you that are working for you? Yeah, it's, it's a really good question. And I mean, I'll answer it the same way. It really boils down to like age isn't going to be like the only contributing factor there. It is one for sure, right? But more of it is just leading by example. If you say that, hey, we like to do things this way, right? We like to sell this way or we like to roof this way or this is how much we care about our customers, then exemplifying that and doing that and trying to be the leader for that with the team. And when there's a ball drop, being willing to get in there and help with it, being willing to get in there and lead on it and et cetera. Hey, thanks for watching this episode. Please like, comment, and subscribe. It really helps other people see this content. We're back every Tuesday and Friday with the podcast and we've got a ton of other videos. Thanks guys. That's really the thing with leadership is it's leading by example. It's saying how it's gonna be done, how things are gonna go and then coming through and doing that. And it's a constant struggle, it's a constant challenge. I'm far from perfect at it, but um, if you do that correctly, it doesn't matter how old or young you are, you can you know, hold that together. Okay, just side note here, man. You're pretty young. The company is taken off what do you think really did it, dude? What do you think? You know what I mean? Like, why is, why is your, there's a lot of guys stuck at like three or five or something like that. Like, why do you think yours just. It's a, yeah, it's a good question. And I've thought about it a lot. And this is my honest answer. Me. And then also my team, the company, we lean so hard into customer satisfaction and into taking care of the customer and just blowing them away. We lean so hard into it. It's unbelievable. That's what we lean into, like nothing else. Like, that's it. That's where we're at. That's where our head is at um, in terms of our standard operating procedures, in terms of the name, in terms of everything we're trying to do. And again, are we always perfect? Not even close. But when we're not, we try our best to make it right. And we just try to try to be good to our customers, good to our employees. I mean, that's the number one thing, though, is just leaning into that customer satisfaction. Why? Why would you say it's the most important thing? Yeah because you get a snowball effect. If I take care of somebody, and I mean, I really take care of them, and then their aunts, mothers, cousin, whoever says, hey, who'd you use on your roof? They're gonna say, trust roofing, they do a good job. Or in that Facebook group, call trust roofing, right? Um, you're gonna get referrals, you're gonna get that snowball effect. And that's the number one thing, right? Because I can't, like in order to get to this size, I need $18 million worth of roofing customers. Am I gonna pay for $18 million worth of roofing companies? I could, or customers, I could try. But that would be expensive. That would mean that I'm rolling my profits into that instead of rolling my profits into, say, vehicles for my reps or for my crews or, you know, whatever uh, tools we need, equipment we need or other things we need. Right. Instead, if I'm able to, mar you know, still I spend a good amount on marketing, like I spend a bunch on marketing. Right. But if you have that snowball effect going as well, that's the key. Mm. What else? I mean, I work hard. I work hard and tons of people on the team put in like tons and tons of incredible hours and very hardworking. Um, I mean, we're, we're a little interesting. Like a lot of the key players who are on the team right now were on my original roofing crew when I started here. 
Like I drove mm. people out from California and we were up putting roofs on together, you know, three years ago, we started this putting roofs on together. And then now some of those people are in sales or in executive positions, et cetera. So that's a little bit of a different background story for most roofing companies. And we really look back to that and we go, you know, back then we were just trying to take care of clients doing one roof at a time. And now we're just doing that on a scale and, you know, like four, four of us still from that same time, you know? Ah, that's a beautiful story. Uh, how can we make the people on our team, speaking of culture, feel part of something bigger than themselves? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, and we were talking about that. People want that, right? That's something that people really want. Mm -hmm. You look at their, you know, their sports teams, you look at colleges, right? You look at their countries, religion, mobs. you look at all that. What did you say? Mobs? When mobs, you're, sure. You know, like you're going through a city, you know, you're taking <laughs> over buildings. I don't know. Sure. I, dude, did I, have you heard the story? I, I once walked through a mob in Minneapolis. Really? It was in 2020 and I like, there was an actual like mob happening and I walked through it one time and I was like, I didn't know my buddy was, I, my buddy was in town and he was like, I want to go downtown Minneapolis. And I was like, not a good idea. They were protesting something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it wasn't a protest. You know what I mean? This yeah. was, this was, was like, it like... was around that time, but you know, this one didn't have a lot of like high, like uh ethical kind of standard. You know, it wasn't Got that it. kind of vibe. It was Got like, it. Actually, like they were breaking windows and breaking shit was up. like, wow. they're, they're getting, trying to get into a bank. So it was, it was a very, uh, it was a very interesting time. Is all well, that's, the, that's the negative version of it. Right. And there's that too. There's people who well, want to be, part of, be part of something. And it, they want to be a part of something. Yeah. Even if let's just say I could feel the vibe of that crowd and it was, it was good. Here's the deal. People want to be part of us, uh, of a group of people all going in the same direction and yes. negative ways and positive ways. And it feels so good at a sports team. It does, yeah. You know what I look at? It? It's like the Eagles. Sorry, I'm going to, uh, this little tangent. Eagles fans, because we played the Eagles one time and they whooped our butt during the, uh, the, the champion, the, what is it? NFC championship. And their people were like, Grease, they have to grease the poles in Philadelphia because they will like, they, otherwise people will just climb all the poles and there's like people like doing crazy stuff in the streets and they are just, they're all ecstatic yeah. with this mob mentality and this yeah. group think yeah. that we all want. Yeah. We all want to be part of this big group, whether it's in a positive way or a negative way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's something that people want no matter what. So how do you create that? How do you put that there? Yeah. Getting them all, getting them in the same direction, on the same page, moving forward toward a common purpose. And that's your role. I mean, that's my role or anyone's role as a leader, right? Is keeping it that way. And as soon as something enters in or sets in, that's contra to that, against that, right? Like, you know, somebody's like, oh, you know, screw that customer, blah, blah, blah. It's like, whoa, dude. That's not that's not how we roll here. Like, what well, do we? Just you know, get toxic, right? People like yeah, exactly. Get toxic. It's, how do you? Yeah, like it's just it's, trying to. It's challenging. Out. It's yeah. challenging. You have to stop it in its tracks as soon as you see it and be like, hey, no, you know, that's that's not how we roll here. You know, let's look inwards. Let's look at like what did we do wrong? What could we have improved? And that's kind of like what we try to do. If there's mm. a problem with a customer and problem with an employee, there's an upset. There's a. I try to look. What could we have done better? Right. Yeah. And then that that opens the door to solutions. Um, I love that. 
let's let's kind of zoom out for a second and look at the culture of roofing in general, like the broader roofing industry. It feels like you pay attention to the, you know, how it's changing around the country and certain things going on. How do you? How have you seen it change just in the the last, you know, ten years? Oh, just one second. I'll ask that again here. No um, sorry, um, Dimitri. That's the third time he called me today. He's got a crazy story that he's trying to dig up dirt on, and I'm like, okay. I don't know if uh, I want to be the guy to supply your information, but um, sure. Um, Culturally. Yes, I'll ask that question again. Um, so the culture of roofing as a whole, the industry, how is how have you seen that change over the last – you said you've been in it for 10 years? Yeah, I've been doing roofing since I was 15. I think I started like paying attention to that more on a broad scope um, you know, maybe four years ago. Okay. You know, when I started looking at starting and having my own company and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. uh, how have I seen it change? Um, what do you think this new fresh generation, because you're kind of fresh yeah. generation, right? And there's there's old hats. There's old guys that are right. kind of satisfied because they already got their yacht, Robin. Yeah, they, they are right. I hear what you're saying. <laughs> um, you know, there's how I've seen it change so far, but then there's even, I think a better question is, how do I see it changing moving forward? Because yes. right now I don't feel like it's changed all that much, but there are some things that are entering in um, some ideas and some ways of going about things, which one of the main things is just, okay, good. Looking at roofing as really a business and how can you control that process from start to finish? And I see just tons and tons of information and ideas about that um, ways that some people are shaking things up and changing things. Like, you know, some people do like, an inside outside sales model, right? And that's something that's really big right now. We don't mm -hmm. particularly do that, but I see a lot of value in that. I see why that's there because I see value in uh, segregating each position out and going, okay, good. That position focuses on that. That position focuses on that. Like I see a lot of value in that because you become good at what you're good at. Um, I see a lot of that going on. Something that I see coming forward is a lot of online sales. Like I see that becoming the direction at some point mm -hmm. in the future. Still not there right now. But that ease of entry where I can go online right now and I can buy a car, right, on CarMax or one of these online sites. I go, okay, good. I found out all the info. And I'm willing to click buy and put my credit card in. Why am I willing to do that? Because I know as the consumer that it's an assured experience. I know that when I get that car, it's got this warranty. I know how this company rolls. There's nothing to be scared about about them. You know, I yeah. know what's going to happen. That's why contracting, yeah. we have to go, five of us, sit in front of a homeowner spend 30 minutes with them. They have to deal with that. I mean, you think the homeowners want to deal with five roofing companies telling their company story and doing the whole thing for 40 minutes. They, they don't like it. Right. It's, I mean, maybe very few of one company story to be honest with you. Like it, I, exactly. I, exactly. Yeah. And that's something that we, we don't really do. Like my sales reps, when they do an approach, they're trying to do their approach based off the homeowner. What do you need and want? Yeah. Okay. How does trust roofing fit in to help you out? Right. Mm -hmm. Rather than this whole huge pitch. But anyway, I digress there, but that's a thing that's been the yeah. way the industry has been. I see moving forward, eventually, companies that can figure out how to just make themselves that, this certainty that that company is going to deliver that process every time. I know it if I'm a homeowner, right? Companies are able to do that, present it in such a way online and then alter through word of mouth and referrals and just being out there. You will be able to get it to where clients are literally on an online portal and they're just clicking boom, boom. The measurement comes up like something like... Uh, Roofal or roofer sets up, right? Something like that. Okay, good. My shingle roof is $16,000. Okay, good. Click and buy and put the deposit down with a disclaimer that, okay, good. Now a roofing inspector professional is going to come and take a look at everything. 
uh, make sure there's no, you know, extra damaged wood or extra this or extra that. Make sure that we have that price set. But they kind of put the deposit and they start the process online. I see that becoming the case relatively soon moving forward. I definitely see it can become the case because, again, homeowners want convenience. They want ease. But what they want is they want certainty that at the end of the day, at the end of the conveyor belt, they get that certain product. Yeah. And, that's and that's, the on the bigger thing. side, on the bigger, like other industries like cars, it's because yeah. of the, the, the size of the brand. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it, it kind of, that creates certainty yep. and trust in people's minds, the, the size. Cause it like does, Ford yeah. would have consequences on a national level if they just like didn't deliver your truck. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, like, right. Which they didn't he, the last couple of years for a second there, right? With the with the supply chain. But uh, you know what I'm saying? Like it sure. takes a second, but it's for sure going to happen. And in Look, roofing, that hasn't been the case. That hasn't correct. been the case. Like BBB has so many complaints against roofers because of the lack of accountability. So that's why I think it's it's just, it's like a, it's a cultural reputation. It's an industry reputation thing that we're going to yeah. have to figure out how to get past. Cause I don't want, I, I don't like it that roofing doesn't have a great reputation yeah. overall. And, and the way to get past it is by, again, by controlling the process and doing all those things. The problem that companies like mine run into also though, is that controlling that process, it just costs a certain amount. No matter what you do, it's gonna cost some money to control that process, like training mm -hmm. and this and that, and W2ing them, actually paying all the insurances. Like, okay, these things cost money. And yeah. when you have people who aren't doing them and they're bidding here and they're promoting that they're that, that's tough, right? That's tough to yeah. compete with sometimes. I mean, we figure it out and we do it, but that's the challenge, right? Is really educating and getting it out there that this is the right way to go about things. This is the way that, you know, the homeowners are going to have the roof good for the longest and they're going to have insurance. They're going to know, et cetera. Mm. You know, I mean, so it's like, like an education problem, really. It's like it trying to educate problem, the customer yeah. at scale in a way that actually like they can remember is sticky and quick so that they don't, cause they don't want to think about their roof for more than they have to. So as quickly as yeah. they possibly can get educated. Right. Yeah. But really, I mean, you look at really successful companies across the board, that is what they do. They create a certain, at least as certain as they can, customer experience. You look at an Amazon, why are they so successful? If I order something, it's coming within the 48 hours or whatever they say, if I'm prime. And if it's wrong or I don't like it, they'll return it for free. Costco is the same way with their return policies, right? So you'll get companies at scale, obviously they're very different, but it's a certain product at the end of the day. Um, CarMax is an example like that, that does it as well. So. That's really the thing is crazy. And you that. can, you can to a certain degree, create that, yeah, which you is can. just like yeah. you fix your faults. You, yep. even if what it's we, what we, I'll, I'll tell yeah. you, this is, this is what we do at Trist Roofing. This is the way that we go about that problem right now. Under 20,000, there's no payment until completion at all. It's a satisfaction guarantee, 100%. So that's how I kind of lean into it and go, Hey, you can go with that guy at 18 grand who wants 9k down. But what if he goes out of business? next week you know what i mean some of these smaller companies obviously not a big company there's a lot of small companies out there and they have five reviews on google and they're bidding roofs and they've been around for i don't know a year or two or whatever it's like i've seen a lot a lot where customers you know they, they sign a deposit they go into a contract with someone and then they're out of business before they can do the work well that's i think it's great that you're you're educating customers on these things um where can somebody go to check out your company our website, you know, trustroofing.com. Um, you can go on Facebook. We post a lot of content where we're talking about a roof we're doing that day or uh, 
a picture of a team member or whatever. So like us on Facebook. We have a YouTube channel. We're trying to get into where we post on that steadily. We have some content on there. Awesome. And will I see you at any of the roofing conferences this fall, winter? Uh, I'm gonna go to uh gonna go to the roofing process conference for sure. Um that's the only one I know I'm gonna go to for sure. Well, that's a good one. And then also at RoofCon too, uh there if you wanna get your logo tattooed on you, you can do it for free at Hook's booth. You guys are gonna do that for free. Yeah. Wow. You're it's gonna a hire like a pro move. tattoo guy. That's awesome. Yeah. I, well, yeah. I know you did it. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, basically, like if a lot of oh, I'd be oh, I'd be down. I'd be down someday for sure. I remember. I remember creating that logo the day before. You know, I remember creating that logo at my house at a computer, sitting there creating it. Um, what you know before we started, I remember so. All right. So appreciate you being on today. Uh, the podcast is put on by hookagency.com, hook agency all over social. And uh, Robin is a client. So if you know, Robin, what's your experience with hook agency like? Oh, you guys are awesome. Each team member I've dealt with has been awesome. Uh, Skyler is awesome in pay-per-click. Um, Dylan is awesome in, uh, in his SEO and everything. And everybody, the onboarding team, everybody else who I've interacted with has been great, been very helpful. Um, and most importantly, they've gotten good results, you know, most importantly. I've very much gone the in-house route. I know it's easy, like, as agencies to outsource everything. So yeah. we, we want to control the process, and I really like when stuff goes right. And so I, you know, creating the process on the back end, we really focused on making sure that we control the process and that um, each element of that is good. So I really appreciate and um, you sharing that, and we're grateful for having you as a customer. So thanks for sharing that. Okay. Hey, thanks so much for the time, Tim. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Everyone have a good one. Bye-bye. Okay, sounds good.